Hello there and welcome to the Wired for Love podcast. We are discussing the dating booklet, Practical Guidelines for Life-Giving Relationships. I'm Father Martin Connor, your host. I'm a Catholic priest with the Legionaries of Christ and I've been dedicating myself for many, many years, close to 20, to walking with young people and married couples on their journey. What is our mission here at the Wired to Love podcast? Well, it's all human beings have the desire to love and to be loved. It is actually written into our very being. And yet human love seeks satisfaction. This desire is not satisfied with mere physical connection as our culture so often seems to tell us. No, deep down all of me wants to love and to be loved. Genuine human love demands human connection. And this human connection leads ultimately to divine connection. Wired to Love is a rally call to challenge today's distorted view of love by letting human experience speak for itself. And that's what we have, conversations about human experience on love. Please come and join us for the Wired to Love podcast. Hello there, this is Father Martin Connor with the Wired to Love podcast. Welcome to all of you uh, joining us, uh, all our listeners. We're here today with Joe and Mary Zuniga. Welcome, Joe and Mary. Thank you. Thank you. Married one year, uh, just over one year, and I have a three-month uh, baby boy, Emil, who's sitting to our right here or laying down to our right. Welcome, Emil. <laughs> you might hear some hiccups through this. Is he the uh, first baby on the show? First baby on the show. Yeah, right, let's, nice. let's take note of that. You, He's got to be well-behaved. You're famous, Emil, yes. <laughs> Good. So, um, welcome to all who are with us. Uh, just to maybe a little bit of a recap on... Wired to Love. It's a podcast that explores human relationships and the need that we have to love and to to give to love and to be loved. All human beings have the desire to love and to be loved. It is written into our very being. Yet human love seeks satisfaction. And this desire is not satisfied with mere physical connection, as our culture so often seems to tell us. Deep down, all of me wants to love and to be loved. Genuine human love demands human connection. And this human connection leads ultimately to divine connection. So Wired to Love wants to be that rally call to challenge today's distorted view of love by letting human experience speak for itself. So um, that today leads us right into uh, the reflections for the season two on the dating booklet that Myself and a group of young adults were able to write and publish uh, right around Valentine's Day, 2022. So we're, we're just unpacking this book. And today with uh, Joe and Mary, we'd like to just go through kind of the general first theme of the, of the booklet is about self-possession. And that's defined or that's kind of described as including self-knowledge, self-acceptance, and self-improvement. So, um, Joe and Mary, why don't we speak to that first? Why don't you talk a little bit about self-possession and how it played into your own, your own dating world, your dating life before you got married? So, Joe and I met in our late 20s, and I think this is a unique thing about meeting in your later 20s you've had a lot of time on your own right. to get to know yourself and your your strengths and also your pitfalls. And um, 
one of the things that I, when we talk about self-possession, that pops up for me is the importance that it has played in our dating relationship, especially at the beginning. Um, because when, especially for communication, being self-possessed in your um, own identity allows for the for you to have clarity about when something is uh, a strength or a weakness that you're bringing into your into the relationship right and you don't end up blaming it on the other person because you know yourself and you know that that's something you've carried all along and right self-awareness yeah you've had that Mm self-awareness and so that was a blessing in our it took a lot of years to get there, but I think in our in the beginning of our relationship, self possession was really key because um, we had to. We were we. I wasn't able to blame Joe for things that I knew already were my my own issues. Right. You right. know. So I, you're referring to the typical stuff that goes on in new relationships when there's conflict. Yes. So this inability to own your own junk, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, for instance, um, one of the things that I know about myself was that I had a hard time um, being by myself. I'm very extroverted, but mm. I it was almost to a fault, uh, or sometimes is to a fault. And so when Joe was busy and couldn't spend time with me or couldn't talk to me, we were dating long distance, I really didn't have an excuse to blame it on him because Mm, I already knew this was something I struggled with. And that really helped our relationship having that prior knowledge. Right, right, right. Makes sense. Joe, what about you? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. Um, that is going to be really critical if you're, if you are dating, um, or in any relationship, um, it's a, it's a continual process of trying to understand who you are and what your strength and strengths and weaknesses are. Um, I think a similar example for me uh, that um, something I learned about myself that I knew before going into the relationship was just to give a practical example. I I sometimes sorry my son is just cooing and He's grunting doing great. anyway. Um, I I would get uh, pretty upset with myself for small things and kind of enter into a like a spiral of frustration and, and anger with myself. Um, and fortunately I kind of figured that out while I wasn't dating anybody. I realized that that was this thing that I, a pitfall that I fall into often. Um, whereas before I would, I could easily pit that onto whoever I was around to say like, Oh, they annoyed me and that's why I'm in a bad mood. Or, right, right. Um, and so having, having a little bit of self knowledge and it doesn't have to be with just we're talking about negative things here, but also just knowing knowing what your strengths are, knowing what you can bring into a relationship. Right. And the the you know, I think God is God has given us a lot of gifts and a lot of um a lot of blessings that we have that we can share with others to um to engage in, in love and friendship and to have a good understanding of what you can bring to the table and what you can bless another person with is also really great. Yeah. One of the things like I give the example about being, um, uh, having a hard time when I had too much time alone, but 
the also having comfortability with the fact that I was extra. I'm an extrovert. Mm. I like being around people. That's right. That's that's a gift. That's a good thing. But seeing how it so that was something I could confidently claim right in our relationship and say I I I like being around people, but this happens sometimes that I need to watch out for make making people fill a void. Right. You know? Right. Can you think of any particular example in your dating years, anything that came up where either of you, maybe you didn't understand that something was going on with Joe and mm. you had to inquire, like seek out and the same thing, like, hey, Mary, what's going on with you? Because you're giving mm-hmm. me the cold shoulder or whatever. How did that, that kind of self-awareness play into how you interacted and helped one another through those kind of low moments? Um, a lot of... I, think, I bet you, you were both thinking about the same thing. Um, and you go first. I, well, uh, a little bit has to do with communication styles and introversion versus extroversion and, and things like that. Um, when, I guess I already mentioned it, like if I get mad or frustrated about something, I, I kind of get into this spiral. I might be in a kind of a tense, tough mood for like a day at a time or two okay, days at a time. Okay, okay. It's, I mean, or used to at least that doesn't quite happen as much anymore. But um, I would really—that's when I'm in a bad mood. I tend to hole up because it's like if I let any word out, it's going to be twenty terrible words that I'll forever regret. So I better not say anything. Mm. So I have a really hard time communicating that I'm not feeling good. Okay, that I'm, that I'm <laughs> upset about something. Um, whereas, you know, Mary could tell you like she. If she's feeling something like that, she has to get it out as soon as possible or she could spontaneously <laughs> combust. Yeah, I can't not talk about it. Um, and, and so my my um, inability to express the 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 negative pit that yeah. I'm experiencing right yeah, now yeah, yeah. Um, would get her worried. And, and it would be easy to assume, like, what have, because I'm such an external mm, processor. What did he, I do? What yeah, did yeah. I mm. do? Did I do something? And, and learning what he knows already about himself that he needs time to process. And, and he processes internally, recognizing that and him even communicating to me, hey, I process things internally it takes me a few days or even just explaining how he's feeling in those moments helped me take it off of my own shoulders and realize this isn't my this isn't necessarily me this is just something that I can support him in and be patient with him in and rather than um, just complete just immediately jumping to a conclusion that there is something wrong in our relationship Mm -hmm. there I have done something to bother him or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think one of the... Which happens a lot. You can begin to imagine things that are actually really not there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Whereas, and that has happened a lot where I have read into a, just a moment of exhaustion and I have imposed my own insecurity on it. And, uh, and Joe, I will tell him what I think he's thinking. <laughs> and he's like, Psychoanalyze well, him uh, yeah, for himself. And, right? and Excuse he's, me? He's, what? He's, <laughs> I no was not thinking any of those things. But even when he says, I was not thinking any of those things, it's helpful for him to recognize 
to me or with me, mm-hmm. like why, oh, I can understand why you might have thought that. But That's this right. is actually, so it's not completely just, you know, silly you. Mm-hmm. How could you think that? Mm-hmm. It's also affirming that me in a way as well, but not feeding into it, not enabling right, it. Right, right. Like perceptions can be real. Yeah. And and they can be perceived a certain and, way. And it, can, and it gives him an awareness of, when I act this way, it makes Mary feel this way. So I am going to try to do a better job of X, Y, and Z to make sure that she knows that even in this state of frantic, you know, anger that he's having right, <laughs> in himself right, or right. whatever, um, he he. There are ways for him to show that he is present. Right. Me. Right. But it's not, and there are many examples. We're using Joe's example. He's very humble about showing something that he, he struggles with, but there are many examples I could give my own. So. Well, you'll get a second one. Yeah. I, I want to just interject here. If I could, that one of the reasons, so, uh, we dedicated the first part of this book to self-possession or really just to self-knowledge is how essential it is to, uh, get a handle on yourself and how you are and know yourself and the the highs and lows that you have because we are wired a very particular way with our temperament and our personality and our emotional world and and before you enter into an investment with another person and and that's why it's important to know that truly dating is not recreational that's when you hurt people right you hurt yourself and and you hurt others but it's an investment uh, that you make in order to invest well in that, you, you really do know, you need to know yourself. And that's why self-possession is so crucial. And in, in the first part of the book is so uh, clearly spoken about in different, in different aspects. Um, so I, I just, a lot of what you're saying is playing into exactly the thesis of the book, which is, begins with, hey, am I even actually ready to date? Mm-hmm. Do I even know myself at a certain level? It's not that like we have to have this perfect self-knowledge. What does that even look like? No, but I, I, I kind of need to know my, like I said, my, my ups and my downs and, and know maturely and responsibly that's me yeah. and that's not somebody else. I'm not going to, um, um, you know, point the finger at someone else's issues when it really is mine. And you can get that, you can get that a lot in this culture, a lot of the blame game, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's never me. It's always someone else. It's the government or it's God, you know, whatever mm-hmm. versus no, I, I know how I am and I know my tendencies and I know some of them are not good and, and I, I want to I, I wanna own that, that, that part. I think it's just a healthy, mature thing to do, right, as you enter into um, – so let me, let me ask you that. What, what – how did you grow – um, in your dating, how did you grow? I mean, it's and not like grow yeah, you, in grow in that self possession. Exactly, you started off with a certain level, but clearly with each other, there was an exchange of humility and understanding. And, and the goal is that we continue to grow in our marriage and, and mm-hmm. becoming more and more ourselves for the rest of our lives. Exactly, we'll yeah, continue to. I, I think in um, in self possession, you have to have a very kind of careful balance of introspection and self-awareness mm-hmm. but also an acute awareness of others that's right in the way that you're interacting with them and i think um being able to just reflect on your interactions with yourself and with others um over a long period of time can kind of grow grow your idea of who you are and um and the the gifts and weaknesses that you have um 
And I also think it's, it's, you know, knowing when the right time to enter into a relationship is, is something you can probably pretty easily overthink um, because you want to be your best self. You'll often hear the phrase of like being your best self and like, and the best version of yourself, the best version of yourself and, and achieving this like amount of self-awareness to where you're in a perfect place to start to give yourself to another person. And the reality is you're like, we will be changing throughout our entire lives. That's right. And so if you're constantly engaged in, um, in this like self growth and self awareness practice, you're going to get actually just incredibly self involved. Mm. So like you at some point and, and, um, we'll talk about how we growing in self relationship or excuse me, growing in self awareness in a relationship. But at some point in your own personal journey, you have to just get up and walk Yeah, and, um, just take yourself where you're at and start to, um, go forth in your life and in the journey. And you also have to be humble enough and courageous enough to hope that someone would want to walk next to you in that journey towards right. self-awareness and self-possession. Right. Yeah, I think what's important here, Joe, what you just said is that, um, and this is, you could say, the thesis of the dating booklet, and that is self-gift, that we find fulfillment in the gift of ourselves to another. So as much as my self-awareness or self-knowledge uh, can help me do that, that's what I pay attention to. If it's making me too self-referential, that's what I don't want because self-gift is, in fact, uh, having the other at the center and not myself. So my self-knowledge should foster that capacity to give myself to another and not mm-hmm. stifle it, so to speak. That's when it becomes something uh, counterproductive or yeah. unhealthy, right, to kind of to your point, mm-hmm. which, which is true today. That can happen. We have a lot of self-development books out there and there is a lot of introspection and, uh, of course – uh, some of that is very necessary, but we don't want to. We don't want that to stifle the the good energy that should be given to other people in yeah, service to other people. Yeah, that's right? something I noticed. There's this beautiful in our self secular culture. There's this beautiful um, desire. It's a. It's coming from a good place to know yourself mm. and to you know go through the mental you know. Men, take care of yourself mentally and you know self-care and therapy and all of these good things which are true like they're so good but what ends up happening is it becomes so self-referential as yeah. you said and it, you just, just start taking on an idea of vict- victimhood you just become self-obsessed you become yeah. self-obsessed and 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 it distorts what's what is a good goal um and creates this kind of everything needs to be related back to my growth. Right. And if it isn't, then it's not necessary in my life. And there's something that isn't that, that is distorted about it. That's it's right. not, that's right. And, and it ends up in victimization about you're always playing the victim. Mm-hmm. You're or yeah. you're always, it's something, it affects you deeply in some way. Always. Yeah. I've, I've seen that play out in my, in my, um, in my marriage ministry, yeah. where, for example, um, you're dating, say, and, and Joe is, um, you know, he's a runner. And so every, uh, every morning you have your five-mile run. That's your, that's your routine, right? Mm-hmm. And so, of course, good health and physical health, all of that is really important. But when you get into the marital phase, some of those 
healthy practices sometimes have to be sacrificed, mm-hmm. right? And the inability to do that or, or to, to blame the other as if they've done something harmful to you because they've had to sacrifice that, that's where the self-referential spirit can be very detrimental to mm-hmm. the self-gift, yeah. which is what, which what marriage is calling for, that total gift of self one to the other. That, that is, in fact, what marriage is about, mm-hmm. right? But it, it does play out if you don't look at those kind of things in your dating relationship and, and kind of call them for what they are. You know, not, not that, again, physical health that you were talking about and self-care, all those things are goods, but they're not necessarily capital G good. Mm-hmm. The capital G good is the other person. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's the end for which you are pursuing good health. That's right. It's not I am be I'm becoming the best version of myself for myself. Correct. It's in order to give myself. That's right. That but right. it often stops at it's it's for me. Yeah. I'm I'm doing all of this work just for me, which it might start in a way for that reason, but it does not end. Right, right. And I think that's the, I th- honestly think that's the context, you know, back to the original question of um, how to grow in self-awareness mm. within a relationship, um, both in dating and in, in engagement and in this first year of marriage. So the that idea of giving of yourself to another for the ultimate good of the other person as being the ultimate expression of love, that is probably the best way that you grow in understanding of yourself. Because then you have the you have another person on your mind more often, and you understand not only your your um, your good and your shortcomings in the context of in the context of yourself, where you you're just kind of keeping score with yourself of whether you feel good or bad about who you are. Mm. But it's in the context of how am I affecting this other person mm-hmm. and this relationship that is growing intensely and good day by day. Um, and how can I better communicate or how can I better be, be self-aware for the sake of that person? It gives you more motivation right. than just doing it for yourself. Right. I think that the, um, so just to give some context to that, I would say a one, one, just one practical thing is when you realize a shortcoming on your own, of yourself, um, you need to not try to hide it, but actually bring it forth. Mm. That's um, been huge. In a, to been... Try, try to be preemptive in recognizing your shortcomings. So And sharing them with the other. Exactly. So that's that's been, honestly, I feel like it gets me off the hook because I, I dread Mary coming to me and like, Joe, like, listen. I got an issue with <laughs> you know? how you do the dishes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like sometimes I'll just say like, Mary... I'm sure you've noticed this, but something I've kind of been thinking about is actually I'm a real piece of work um, when it comes to uh, getting ready for mass, mm-hmm, like in the morning mm-hmm, or something, like mm-hmm, not moving mm-hmm. fast enough. Or I forget, something we've talked about recently. I don't know. Just saying like, I realize I don't think I'm very charitable in this interaction. Do you, yeah. Would you agree? Right. <laughs> you know, I think, and, uh, <laughs> it kind of helps get it in the air and... And you both kind of grow in that. Sure, no, no, makes sense. It's all about humility. I think the another practical example is how self possession helps you avoid, or self awareness in the pursuit of self gift. Um, it helps you avoid passive aggression, passive passive aggressiveness, mm. because um, 
you know what is bothering you and you communicate it mm-hmm. instead of trying to find nagging ways. And it's sometimes you fail and you are passive aggressive, but that's been another aspect of knowing ourselves um, that has really come in handy to avoid being pa- passive aggressive towards the other. Because whenever we notice that's creeping in, it's easy to recognize and say, there's something else going on that I need to address. Right. I'm feeling this way right now and it, it has nothing to do with you. Or or maybe it does, but it immediately brings it to the forefront. Let's let's nip that in the bud. Right, right. And not... Um, and it's... You're constantly called to self-awareness in right. a relationship. That's right, that's right. It's in, interesting that you two, listening to you, you definitely have a more advanced understanding. And I, it comes back to the fact that you did have a long-distance relationship and you were forced to talk about all sorts yeah. of themes. Communication and, yeah. was the only thing we had. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and now I can see the advances you made because you've only been married a year, but you really are talking as you've been married 10 plus years. This type of wisdom does not come in a year. Mm. Seriously, and I've done many money marriage. Uh, so the 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 whole idea of communication of negative things or of more difficult things very very difficult for spouses, yeah. because it is a pride thing, and and it can very easily become a power thing. Like um, you didn't do this, well I'm not going to do it, and 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 it, it's very a very immature way of looking at love or. Of, of supporting one another or whatever the case may be versus, you know what, I, 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 I failed you and I'm sorry and I want to be better and, and this is what, what happened. And so. what ends up happening when you do communicate that way and you do uh, uh, swallow your pride and enter into like an apology or a conversation about your failings, so much joy and so much intimacy mm is developed. That's right. Like That's right. I trust Joe so much with my heart. That's right. Because he has seen the very worst of it and the very best of it. Like right. he I know that he sees me and that feels very vulnerable at times, mm-hmm. but it also makes me feel bonded to him in a way that I like every time we have those types of conversations that we we that are necessary that are calling out self-awareness, I I just love him more. Mm-hmm. We love mm-hmm. each other better mm-hmm. yeah. because of it, and it brings so much more joy and peace. Right. Right. No, that that's kind of the, you could say the, um, what do I want to say here? It's the, the um, we, we have these fears in us that stop us from sharing ourselves. And in fact, when we do or we follow that desire uh, and overcome the fear, that is in fact when we reach our greatest intimacy with each other. Mm -hmm. And so fear has a lot, uh, self-protection and fear has a lot to do with with a lack of intimacy. Right, mm-hmm. so I think there's a lot, uh, a lot of truths that we have, uh, we've definitely spoken in this uh, particular session. As a wrap up, like we normally do uh, on the Wired to Love podcast, is we just go around and just consider each of those who have been on the podcast one practical takeaway, you know, something that mm, I really like that how that sounds and that really resonated with me. Something, something, whatever in the last thirty minutes spoke to you, um, you know, as a little summary for our listeners, a little, 
a little takeaway. Um, let's offer that. So I'll go first. And I just um, – we'll just repeat what I just said because I think that's the – for mm. me, what uh, – I'm, I'm about to prepare. I have a marriage uh, talk I'm giving uh, a couple hours north of here in a few weeks. And it's really to a group of couples that are not well-connected with each other, mm. very disconnected from each other, um, a lot of secular materialism that is – you know, got into their relationships. God is not very present there. So – the the organizers have told me this is your audience. And so what you have said today has really spoken to me in trying to figure out real practical and simple ways to encourage these couples to not be afraid, to to uh, create those spaces of freedom and of, 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 of trust where they can share with each other and therefore enter into an intimacy that they probably will have never experienced before in their marriage. So I'm going to really try to keep that in mind when I prepare this reflection because that really spoke to me and I think that's going to be a key to reaching them. So that's Father Martin's takeaway. Joe? Mm. Um, well, like I was, like I guess we've been talking about for the past couple of minutes, um, I think a, a preemptive um, apology or recognition of a shortfall is a really, is a really strong thing to do um in a relationship and it also it can also create you have to be a little more careful with this but it can also create a proper space for you to maybe bring up something that's been mm. affecting you from by the other person exactly. i like that in a, in a kind of a, a safe and honest way it's gentle in like, gentle way like i'm like i'm really struggling with when you say it like this or when you when you when you do that um and so just in that spirit of of um you know, conversation that we've been having, I think I, I would like to continue to self-reflect on um, my relationship, especially, you know, with Mary, especially kind of in this new role as a, as a dad, like, you know, it's, I'm like three months in, we're both three months in, very mm, new to mm, it. There's totally. lots of stumbles that we're going to make along the way and just try to spend some time in prayer and just look for opportunities where I could love more. And once I find those opportunities, just bring them to, to Mary here over coffee or dinner or something and just say like, hey, I've, I've found this way that I can be a better man for you. Nice. And, and express that. Beautiful and, job. And, um, and I know that's going to bring us a lot of fruit. Awesome. Mary? I think my takeaway would maybe be just one of gratitude because of the fact that – or gratitude for my past and my story and Joe's story – that allowed us to be who we are um, when, or who we were when we started dating and met each other. But then also for in gratitude for this um, continued pursuit and the continued healing that comes from um, pursuing who I am truly meant to be alongside my husband. Mm. And I think that, that that's good advice to anyone who is dating out there to know that, Whoever you're considering or, or if you're in a relationship, ask yourself, is this a person that will help me become more self-aware mm. and help heal wounds, help me grow in confidence, um, have humility and vulnerability in my weaknesses, and, um, and just keeping that as the, at the forefront of their mind when they're considering whoever they um, might marry. Or... Beautiful. Beautiful, Mary. Yeah. Excellent. Emil, do you have any last comments, please? 
You've been talking the entire 30 minutes, and we thank you for that. <laughs> so, snarling. <laughs> Joe and Mary, thanks so much for being with us. This is so enriching, and we're grateful to have you on the, the Wider Love podcast, and I hope you get you back soon. Thank, thank you. God bless. Take care. Great. Yep.